Good morning! On this bowl of Question Crunch, Jake Perez is here to talk about their stunning artwork, answering questions about participating in various art challenges, their process in creating monsters, and what it takes to become the Church of Robot. <laughs> So I don't remember the first time I found your account. I know I'm pretty confident it was with Drawloween because Drawloween is the one that I usually follow that hashtag religiously. And I remember being blown away by your artwork, the uh, attention that you give. Well, I don't even remember if I saw your artwork or if I saw like the time-lapse video of you making your artwork because the time-lapse videos are insane because you start off with a blob. I'm, you know, I'm not even going to tell you how to do it because I want to find out how you do it. I want to find out your formula for making the artwork. But first of all, I guess, what is your art history? Um, I think like my earliest memory memory of drawing anything would be when I was very young at my grandfather's house. Uh, he had this like uh it was like a receipt writer but it had this big roll of paper in it and you could pull the paper and i would just draw pictures on that all day and i never really stopped from there i've just always drawn in some capacity uh all of my life um i didn't go to art school uh i think if I had, I would be a lot better than I am, a lot faster than it's taken me to get this uh, this level. Um, so don't don't uh, don't think you can. Well, you can. You can you can do it without going to school. But go to school. Go to school for anyone listening. Um, I never really had like a W-2 art job. I have always, you know, just in some way, shape or form, always been freelance, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I've I've worked on a couple big projects, lots, lot more smaller projects, but yeah, that's, that's about it. I think I'm gonna show, I already show off your artwork uh, to anyone I can, whenever we, whenever drawing comes up, I bring up uh, the artists that I really appreciate, that I adore. Um, I think I'm going to bring up your account whenever someone says, oh, you have to go to art school. I'm like, well, you can. However, <laughs> um, well, I, I appreciate the kind words. I, I really do. Your comprehension on light and shadows is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and one of my favorite things about your artwork, and when I do the uh, cereal box, um, a lot of times when I interview artists on my cereal box thing, I try to emulate their art, their their technique. So I'm looking very forward to trying to draw myself in your style because the little highlights that you give the characters, I, oh, you didn't go to school, but <laughs> I've been trying to figure out how to uh, not copy, but figure out where you put the twinkle to make it look so gorgeous. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. 
your, I think it was the Twizzler character. Like I was scrolling through your stuff to see all the different characters that I really want to highlight. And the Twizzler character is a perfect example of the, how the, the, the little highlights <laughs> make, just make that image. Well, I want to say it makes it more magical, but the shading, everything about it, the blocking, the shading, the gesture, everything is just absolutely fantastic. And uh, I think I was, when you agreed to be on the interview, I was in a Zoom and I was like, hey, everyone, do you want to see an artist's work? I, mean, I need to show off. I need, but, um, I need more people to know about your uh, artwork. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. So you've been doing Draw Halloween. How long have you been doing? Well, it's really weird to ask how long you've been doing Draw Halloween because I don't even remember how long when I started. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Draw Halloween. I think I've done it. Maybe four years. It's I have no idea. Because I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say my start was at 2019, but it's gotta be before 2019 because I've been doing it before the pandemic. So, yeah, maybe 2015, maybe 2015. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first year I did draw Halloween, I I didn't do it digital. I combined Drawloween with Inktober, and I did both prompts at the same time. I don't know what year that was, though. I've wanted to make like a uh, art books of Drawloween, and I'm going. I I really want to do it. I think I'm going to do it. But uh, the first year is a little iffy because I kept drawing a copyrighted character, so uh -huh. gonna... <laughs> there's going to be a few that I skip in yeah. the first. Uh, what was your favorite piece that you made for Drawloween of this year? This year, my favorite was the um, the mummy. Why is that? I think the lighting effects that I did for yeah got my mind on my mummy. Um, I think it it really lent to like the the atmosphere of a dusty old tomb and I, I i think that was like one of my least viewed ones but it's like my absolute favorite i really hate it when it's when uh social media does that when you really feel passionate <laughs> about a thing and you're like ah oh, yeah this is where i shine this is gonna be great and then uh -huh. the, the <laughs> and you're like well all right <laughs> yeah um, my favorite is, uh, it lives in the mountain or it, it, I think that's what it was. It came from the mountain. It lives in the mountain. Yeah, it lives in the mountain. That's, that's a, a lot of people, uh, gave me lots of feedback on that one. That, that was a, a hit for sure. Good. Because, uh, the atmosphere, the atmosphere lighting that you put at the base of the monster as it's, uh, right at the horizon is fantastic. <laughs> um, one of my reoccurring nightmares i haven't had i it has not happened in a while but i dream about big things and it's really annoying as an artist it's really annoying because like i remember uh, i've had a dream where godzilla attacked and i don't get to see all of godzilla just like a patch of skin or a leg oh. as i'm running and i don't get to see the full monster and i'm like this is dumb this is upsetting or an alien invasion where i get to see the spaceship invading but I don't get to see the aliens. I just see a big, <laughs> massive thing. <laughs> and so seeing the monster coming over the mountain, 
being that massive thing, I'm just like, yeah, that's tapping into <laughs> something. Uh, the eyes glowing. One of my favorite things to do whenever I'm drawing like a monster is if I'm having the eyes glowing and the character's face is off to the side, I still have to draw the glow of the other eye that you can't see. And so when I was watching a time-lapse video and you adding the highlights of the glowing eyes, and there I was like, oh, and there's the glow of the other eye. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so much fun to watch you make, create that. Um, I also want to, <laughs> this is not Halloween. this is Mascot March. Uh, uh -huh. I love all the art challenges that you do and the booberry is one that will like be in my memory for a long time one of my favorite things that you do with ghosts is the face will have form but the outside will be very uh it, it's gaseous <laughs> i'm gonna say gaseous but there's a better <laughs> ethereal i think it is sure sure i'll look it up later or <laughs> I have both friends who are really fans of words and they're going to be listening to this and like, no, Jimmy, that's not the right <laughs> word. How dare you? Oh, but, yeah, okay. I remember yeah. now. Yeah, that was a cool one. I, I like that blueberry, that was, or blueberry. Yeah, they're sort of like a misty, sort of amorphous gaseous uh, thing going on there for sure and i dig that and i keep trying to remember that with ghosts that uh that it's funny because like there's a pit there's a bit in the ghostbuster comic book that says uh the ghostbusters can't trap a ghost unless it takes form and the way you get it to take form is you make it more passionate you make it more emotional and so when i was looking at the blueberry the blueberry i love that because it's not in full form yet. It's form enough to have a hat and a bow tie, but you can't have it. <laughs> There's no way this. What what artist inspires your work or artists? It could be plural. It could be as many artists as you want. Oh, for sure. Like my favorites, uh, Sam Keefe. Um. Todd McFarlane, of course, uh, Jim Lee, all the 90s rock star comic book artists. Um, Alex Ross, of course. Uh, Dan Brereton, he did uh, The Nocturnals. Um, big fan of, like, painted comic book panels. Um, and Simon Bisley, probably one of, if not my favorite. Uh, Glenn Fabry, another great cover artist. And uh, right now, I've been really obsessed with uh, Ariel Olivetti. I don't know if you know who that is. He's just fantastical. And I, I think right now, uh, I'm trying to sort of emulate that style. I think, that, I think that's a solid list. It is a damn good list. And <laughs> I, it's interesting because one thing I tell a lot of people, uh, up and coming artists, that yes, school is cool. I do like going, I, the classes I took in college were necessary, and gaining gain a degree has been cool. I do like having like a piece of paper that says that I was able to do this thing. But um, being an artist means that you're going to be in school for the rest of your life. And a lot of it is 
watching watching movies, watching cartoons, animation, uh, reading comic books, looking at artwork that other people have done, and it's not about. It's weird because like I'm, <laughs> I hear the AI bros complaining, saying like, "See, you're stealing their artwork." I'm like, "No, no, no." Learning from what others have done does not is not stealing. It's just uh, seeing what other people have done with the lighting, with the shadows, with uh, being able to see what the greats have already done and the framework and uh, the groundwork that they've already laid out for art, for visual arts, and being able to create something on your own with that knowledge. Right. I, uh, <laughs> I'm... It's very, I, I won't say toxic trait of mine, but I've been rude, rude, rude to folks who use AI. <laughs> yeah, that's probably I, not toxic. What was that? That's probably not toxic. That's a, <laughs> a just normal artist uh, reaction to that sort of thing. I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes I've been rude. Other times, you know, when I've been drinking, I will because like a lot of times I'll see someone post something with AI and I'll scroll past it. But if I'm in a particularly spicy mood, I might say, <laughs> "Oh look, that's art." <laughs> um, I'm glad you said Todd McFarlane because I could definitely see that kind of inspiration. Um, one thing I really love about Todd McFarlane is that there'll be weird exaggerations and weird proportions and just really extreme gestures but you could still see the form of the characters you can still see that there's depth and the the you can get an idea of volume of this monster and i can see that in your own artwork that there are some extreme gestures um educated ghosts was another one of my favorites where the mouth was like it was stretched out uh. <laughs> And I, I try that. I do that. I try I try making the facial expressions more. If if the monster does not have an actual form, or if it does have an actual form, I can distort it as much as I possibly want. It's a monster. All rules are out. But I really love how you're able to make those kind of forms, those, those kind of uh, decisions of the character's proportions, and still make it look like it exists physically in the world that you created. I've studied your artwork a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's also like from my love of horror movies too. That's you, you see a lot of that, and sometimes it looks bad, and it's not it's not done good, but some you, you can make it work. I feel like uh, the Mummy taught us so many directors that you <laughs> to make it creepy, <laughs> you would stretch them out. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I see so many times, and I my mind is doing a slideshow of all the times monsters have stretched their mouth, and I'm like, oh, you're doing the mummy. <laughs> yeah, it's the mummy thing. Uh, from Ouija board. I know Ouija board, yeah, the first Ouija did it, but then also the second one did a lot with the kid opening their mouth. But then my mind is doing a uh, the movie Legion with Doug Jones, the ice cream man. Uh-huh. That- monster stretching out of the mouth i'm like yep there it is yeah <laughs> uh what horror movies if we're dark because i am a big fan of horror movies uh is there any new one that you've seen that uh, really saying that we just got out of october i'm still stretching out the spooky season because if christmas can come into october i'm gonna go out though throughout november maybe halloween's, 
Halloween is all year. All year. All year long. Um, I I I didn't really see anything great this October. Um, my wife and I just started uh, the fall of the House of Usher. Um, but I mean, I don't know if I would call it like horror. Uh, first couple episodes, anyway. Um, I yeah, I really didn't. I need to. I've been neglecting Shutter. I didn't really see what their offering was uh, on October. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I watch a lot of garbage, like the Amazon Prime uh, two star horror movies. Like I'll just I'll just have those playing in the background. <laughs> But yeah, nothing, I, nothing really new or uh, exciting to report on thus far. Did you watch No One Will Save You? No. Okay, Wait. that's on- that's the the Hulu one, right? Yes. Yeah, I did not see that. Um, I I've been recommending that movie. It's neat. Uh, yeah. there's like eight words in the whole movie. Um, it's, it's a movie that, uh, you've seen Signs, right? Sure. So Signs, that those aliens, they invade in a very thematic way, where it's like, oh, we have to stretch out the invasion throughout the whole movie. So we have to do, uh, we have to do it very slowly and meticulously to make sure that the suspense of the film goes throughout the whole film. The aliens in No Will Save You are like, nope, forget that. We are going to invade, and we're going to invade hard. <laughs> but it's very it's very spooky the the jump scares feel legit like it's not just it's not just the cheap jump scare where a cat jumps on anything the jump scares are they create the atmosphere for you and suddenly there's a thing and it was <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed that film cool i will take a look i, I meant to watch it and i forgot about it thank you for the reminder the one I really want to see is a uh, talk to me. Right. Yes. Uh, wait. That's the one with the hand, right? Hand. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah. Wanted to see that. Yeah. There's a lot of things I wanted to see but didn't. Mm-hmm. I like it that we say the hand thing because I was my mind was thinking about like all the movies that that could be describing. <laughs> <laughs> Not Am's family. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely gonna see the hand eventually. Uh haunting, it's it's weird because you're right, you're right. I don't think I would say House of Usher. It's weird because like it is horror in the genre. It's it, it's technically horror. Sure. But I feel I feel like movies like that don't necessarily scare me. And when I don't feel scared, I don't know if I should call them horror, but uh, I'm never scared of Guillermo del Toro films, but that is still technically horror. Sure. I just always think of them as gothic fairy tales. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I I think maybe if I, you know, as I progress through the episodes, it'll, it'll, it'll strike a horror chord for me, but... Yeah, as of as of right now, it's horror adjacent. Yeah, I I had a hard time (laughs) 
deciding to continue that show because that first few scenes of seeing just a rich family, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not interested. Because <laughs> it felt like every other rich family, and I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it might be me being disgruntled with the <laughs> current climate we're in, but every time I see any kind of show where the kid, where the family is super privileged and super rich, I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to hear. <laughs> Fortunately, House of Usher gave me some <laughs> therapy seeing this family get just destroyed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but once I got past that first episode, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that uh, combining Flanagan's shows with Edgar Allan Poe was such a good idea because I feel like both of those, because Edgar Allan Poe also has never scared me. I just really sure. enjoyed the story. Like, uh, I think about Mask of the Red Death a lot. I think that story is really interesting. And uh, House of Usher's take on it, spoiler alert, well, I'm not going to tell you what happens. I'm just <laughs> going to let you know that House of Usher is just a combination of a bunch of Poe stories all in one. So just sure. know that when you're going into it. Mm. Like, isn't the first one of the episodes, I think the titles are even the titles of Poe stories, where I mm-hmm. think this, like, the Red Death? Yeah. And the moment they introduced the character as being called Prospero, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> I remember someone told me, <laughs> I got in a conversation with someone online, and they were like, man, if I had all the money, I would build a house, and each room would have a different kind of theme, a different kind of color schematic. And I was like, oh, you're like the Red Death. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, the rich person was able to make a house where each room had a specific color. And then the plague shows up, and she's like, oh, well, that's cool. I'm like, ah, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to crush your dream so hard, but I don't know. I thought she was talking. I thought she was making reference to Red Death. (laughs) (laughs) I was wrong. If Patrick Warburton was going to be the voice of one of the monsters you drew for Drawloween 23. Well, this past Drawloween. I don't know why I put the number. I just want to do it. Which monster would you pick? Uh, definitely the... Um, monster Menu. Is it Monster Menu? Uh I realized as I was saying that, I was like, you know what? I have not picked one for you. I'm, I'm going to scroll through it right now. I bet I can pick one easily. Ooh, all right, cool. I don't even know if that was George Halloween, but that's my that's my pick so far. Yep, that's my pick so far. Okay. <laughs> um, the pumpkin that you did, not digitally, that's the one I'm going to pick. And I don't think that's for Halloween because I don't see any uh, prompt with it. But I'm just going to say that you know what? I've seen you draw this. I've seen this. I've seen it when it was posted because there's my light. But adding the the tree, the branch, branching out over the scythe, the blade of the scythe, that is inspiring. <laughs> I've drawn so many scythes because, like, you know, as an artist, I'm sure you've drawn plenty of death. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I have never thought, because like I've, I've looked at how scythes look, and I'm getting, I think, <laughs> I think I'm getting better, but every now and then I draw a scythe, and I'm like, all right, well, there's stick and blade. 
I don't know how the blade got to the stick, <laughs> but it, that's part of what it happens. But to see the stick growing over the blade, I'm like, oh, no. Okay, I got to get more creative with that. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my pick for your Patrick Warburton cast. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> interesting, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the monster menu demon guy. Monster menu? I do not do a good Patrick Warburton, but whenever I think about doing his voice, it's just the yeah. Like, I think of Putty from Seinfeld, where I'm just like, yeah. And that's that's the extent. You see, that, that's, a, it's, that's okay. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Okay, cool. Good, good. I, I won't attempt it, because full disclosure, once you uh, sent the question over... I tried to do the voice, and it it didn't work out. My voice just doesn't have that uh, depth, that resonance that Mr. Warburton has, so it just doesn't work with me. <laughs> but I think the attempt. I really appreciate the attempt. <laughs> I don't know. I I like I like when people attempt stuff because I feel like it. I don't know. I feel like uh, being silly is one of the best parts about existence. Is just uh, <laughs> just do the thing. <laughs> I feel like it's only it's only there's only pressure when you start it's weird because I'm going to say this alright it's only pressure when you start posting a thing because then you have an audience of people that play. <laughs> but I've seen posts that say we shouldn't all have to worry about being famous we should all be able to post nonsense that we just want to post we should all be allowed to be cringe and I think that that's the case I do think that's the case but I don't <laughs> When I post stuff on social media, it's advertising something. Yeah. I feel like most of my selfies, it's weird because I do. So a lot of the art shows I've done, they take a photo that I have my headshot on there. My headshots right now are really old. And every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, no, that is uh, me from a long time ago. Look at the glasses. I don't even have those frames anymore. (laughs) I have to. I've got to take new ones. But I just don't, because taking a selfie to advertise for myself is weird. But if I take a selfie that I'm advertising, like, coffee that I'm drinking, I'm cool about that. <laughs> I took so many selfies of me eating pumpkin spice stuff over the over October, and uh, I'm fine with taking selfies <laughs> as long as they're showing me having fun. But if it's just <laughs> me, I'm like, ah. Yeah. I understand you eat- that. Do you have any, do you uh, imbibe on, imbibe, do you consume pumpkin spice as? I don't well, have a problem with it. I just, I don't really like seek it out, but I, I yeah, no problem with pumpkin spice. spice. I seek it out hard. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Uh, I was bummed out because I went to Jack in the Box and they said uh, for their pumpkin spice milkshake, you get a free little, uh. It was like a zombie jack for your antenna. And I'm like, I got there and I'm like, hey, hey, I want the milkshake. Uh, do you still have the antenna, Bobber? And they're like, uh, no, we're out of the antenna. And I was like, all right, cool. Then I'll just get the milkshake. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I still need the pumpkin spice. And I got the, my pumpkin spice coffee from both uh, Starbucks and Dunkin', which is, oh, I sound like <laughs> capitalism, commercialism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
what particular treats did you get for October? Or did you not uh, seek out treats or? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I really haven't. Uh, Cause I'm, you know, trying to lose some weight here. So, but on Halloween itself, I did, uh, you know, Reese's. Reese's peanut butter, Snickers, fun size, can't go wrong. I, my, my, uh, my, because I'm also trying to lose weight, uh, but I'm cutting back. I, I, in previous years, I've seeked, I've, I've gotten uh, the pumpkin beer, and I'm just like, you know what, that's a lot of carbs I don't need, so <laughs> I just didn't, despite all the other sweets that I had during October. I'm just like, yeah, I can eat almost everything except beer beer is the one thing i can <laughs> pumpkin beer i've never had pumpkin beer before. uh it can be delicious it also can't it also <laughs> often not but uh in previous years i have gone out and i i it's weird because i'm saying that i cut back but i had planned on getting some pumpkin beer this year i just didn't get around to it and if I go to Bedmo, maybe they'll have some pumpkin beer and maybe I'll get it. We'll see. I just haven't because I've been actively trying to avoid buying beer. And mm. I guess my mind was like still in the mindset of like, uh, I'm not going to buy beer. I did buy I did buy pumpkin spice rum chata. So I didn't not. <laughs> I still got alcohol with pumpkin spice. That's sure. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully now it's on the uh, clearance. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about drawing monsters? Um, my favorite thing about drawing monsters is creating something that doesn't and will not exist. Only in my imagination or a representation that I create of someone else's imagination. Um, yeah, I like, I've always liked, you know, grotesque things and horror movies and stuff like that. So I've always gravitated towards monsters and scary stuff. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what I love about it. Like the pure fantasy aspect of monsters. One thing I really love about your uh, work, and I, I think I mentioned it earlier, um, and I'm really curious about this. When you design like a piece, do you do a thumbnail first to see what everything is going to go? Or do you just start with a blob? Because as far as the video looks like to me, is you start with a blob and then you just add form to it. Do you do like what's what's the process? So, yeah, that's like. A lot, a lot of these I do for like TikTok content, um, and I try not to spend more than an hour on any piece. Sometimes I go over, um, and sometimes if the prompt really stumps me, I'll do like three or four versions that no one will ever see, and then I'll I'll pump out something. But that that that's kind of rare because it takes a lot of time. But yeah, that that's that's what happens. I'll I'll read the prompt. I'll start with a blob. I'll just 
keep building and building. Um, someone described it as uh, sculpting. Where I just I, I start with something and then I just sculpt and sculpt and push value and color around until I come up with something. I will agree with that sculpting thing. That is <laughs> a good that is a good way to describe how your process looks. I'm glad that you said that there are times where if there's if there's a prompt that stumps you, there are a few tries before you get to the final product. Because that's the main reason. That's one of the biggest reasons why I don't. Because uh, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to do a time lapse vi video and post on TikTok of a bunch of the prompts I'm going to do. It'll be awesome. But whenever I do, because like I get stressed out because sometimes when I'm drawing, I'm just like, this isn't working. This isn't working. I don't know what it is. And I got to start from scratch again. First, I got to start from the beginning because there's something that's not clicking. And I am bummed because I feel like uh, the process can be intimidating for someone who's just getting into it. That they think that it has to be perfect from the get-go. That they have to know exactly where everything goes. Sure. But... You might even have like a good idea, but you, once you draw that, once you draw that arm in the wrong place, you're like, ah. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to think of an example here. Um, from this year, I think. Oh, Malibu Scream House. Yeah. That one, I believe, had f like four or five versions that I just did not like. Um, anything else? I think I mentioned it in one of the, you know, descriptions, how things just weren't working out. <clears throat> Maybe War of the Warlocks? Yeah, that that one. I think War of the Warlocks was the only one where I actually spit. Oh, my dog's freaking out. That was the only one where I spent um, any deal of time, like actually doing concept art for the characters, because I was on the TikTok Live, and I was trying to do content for my live stream. And so that day was War of the Warlocks. So I, I spent some time concepting out a bunch of different types of warlocks to feature in the actual piece. And I think that's probably the most time I spent. Yeah. Mine was slashing prices. Hmm. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. I want to see yours. I don't remember what did I do for slashing prices. I, <laughs> uh, it's so weird because I'm like October was not that long ago, but if you draw if you do an art prompt for all of October, suddenly that month it was a long it was a long time. Yeah. And it's weird because like uh, I'll have I'll have a lot of friends who get really upset when October is over, and I get that. I love October. That's when like uh, the rest of the world gets to be spooky with me uh -huh. but, 
but I, 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 I make sure to uh, make October last. And so I don't ever feel, I never feel bummed when uh, October is over. I never feel bummed because I made sure that every day had something spooky in it and it gets filled. And if I, uh, if I ever feel any, no, I don't feel bummed because once November starts, it's not like I'm going to just dive right into the, ho- the, the Christmas spirit. I'm just going to be like, like you said, Halloween is all year la- all year round. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just looking at the slash of prices one. It's a little devil because I, I thought about like <laughs> having a devil have a contract and every time you disagree, the devil slashes the price. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> This is my final offer for your soul. <laughs> but when I was drawing that, the first idea I had was drawing a slasher where their theme was going to be like capitalism or something. And I drew them having a mask with a dollar sign on it. And I'm like, this is cool. And as I was drawing, I'm like, I'm less interested by this now. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea, but if it's not something that's going to compel you throughout the, the if it's not going to compel you throughout the whole time of the drawing, you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this now. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can feel that. Have you ever done 24-hour comic day? No. Or have heard of it? No, never heard of it. What is it? It's this challenge thing where uh, it started many years ago where the concept is uh, that someone challenged, someone said um, can you can't draw a comic, you can't create a comic from scratch in 24 hours. It's a 24 page comic book within 24 hours. Someone mm-hmm. said good and they're like alright let's do it and since then it, it's, it's now become this global thing where people all over the world take on this challenge of the first Saturday of October to try to make a 24-page comic book within 24 hours. And I did that this year. You did? Great. But uh, when I used to do it, my friends have said, well, what if someone just does stick figures for all the 24 pages? Like, just draw stick figures and draw it sloppy. And I'm like, they could. There's no, there's no reason why they can't do that. That's still a 24-page comic book. But I think that if your heart's not into it, by page 12, you're like, damn. <laughs> I've got 12 pages to go. And the reason why I bring it up is I feel like a lot of times that's the case with a lot of artists, that there has to be a reason for you to want to finish the project. And if you, if by like the middle ground, the middle area, or by even like the first third of the drawing, if it doesn't inspire you to keep going, you just, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll, I'll, I got to rework this idea because I it can't, it can't bore me this soon. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, yours here. Oh, my um, uh, War of the Warlocks. That I think would be better in color. Your War of the Warlocks? Yeah. I My favorite of yours is the, the boy with the head in the jar. Oh, thank you. That boy's expression, his head, his face, just... Mwah, it's fantastic. He that was a lot of fun. So creepy. I love it. <laughs> uh, having having teeth being much more narrow than the smile is a lot of fun to draw. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I agree. 
having that having the gaps on the sides is just uh entertaining i feel like whenever i see it because like even on my oh i hated clown was it clown town yeah i hated clown town <laughs> i hate clown so much <laughs> uh mascot march is one of my favorite art challenges as well uh just because i feel like there's a million mascots out there and i I feel like it's it's mascot march is interesting because like uh i will do the research of the characters i'm drawing and there'll be a lot of times where i'll learn something new like <laughs> the two things i learned from i think last year's i don't know if it's last year's but the previous mascot march is one that captain crunch had a whole list of villains that i had no idea about a list oh, of really? <laughs> characters i had no clue like Captain Crunch, Crunch had like a bunch of kids that would hang on him, hang hang on him, hang out around him, and they would go sailing and they would find like different islands for different flavors of Captain Crunch, and also avoiding their villains. I'm like, this is so much more lore than I was ready for for just oh, right. <laughs> Captain Crunch lore, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the Soggies, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't that's I, I only was introduced to it. I didn't I didn't memorize the characters, but you're right. I should probably I should probably do something with that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Cause I know they had like a a peanut butter elephant. A peanut butter elephant as like yeah. a villain? I don't I don't think it was a villain because they oh. I think cause like the flavors the flavors of the cereal they wanted to make them seem, seem good. They want people that are interested in them. So I think the different flavors were the good guys and the villains were the ones mm. trying to get the Captain Crunch. Um, but no, you know what? I do kind of want to draw all of the characters of Captain Crunch just to expose people to the idea that he <laughs> had a rogues gallery. The other one was when I was watching the commercial of Jack in a Box, I did not know that there was a uh, cohesive-ish plot between the marketing campaigns of Jack in a Box over the decades of existence. A plot? Yeah, it's weird. I didn't think so, <laughs> but it's weird. Okay, so the beginning of Jack in the Box had a clown uh, had a clown drive through thing, and so they advertised that the clown the clown's head was on the speaker when you go through the drive through, and then somewhere they're just like, uh, no, we don't need a clown talking for us. We just need our we need our burgers to celebrate to, to advertise, and the the old lady she's just like, uh, where's the clown? And then she bites the burger. She's like blow up the clown and they blow him up they blow up the little statue of the clown uh which is jack in a box but uh it's just jack the round head with the hat sure. which i never thought jack in a box was a clown until that advertisement showed up and i'm like oh no you're right he is a jack in the box and that's <laughs> usually a clown that comes out of the box mm -hmm. and then they go to this whole marketing team where this whole marketing campaign where jack in a box is really official and they have all these people in the office and they're doing meetings about Jack in the Box, and they have like a basic tune. They have a basic like theme song to let people know that the commercial is going to happen. And then after that marketing campaign, Jack, as we know it, shows up, and it's just the Jack in the Box head on a guy in a suit. And he's like, "Many years ago, they blew me up, so I'm going to return the favor." And the theme song plays, and the office, the office doors just explode, and 
he implies that he killed all the office people, and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> right, right. I, I think that it's the the bloom, 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 bloom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Damn, I, I didn't remember it. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a weird uh, memory for commercials. Because I watched it, someone someone uh, put all the Jack in the Box commercials like all on a supercut on YouTube, and I was uh, watching. I'm just like, there is a lot of uh, what's the term? Not cohesiveness. I'm thinking, damn, what's the term when? Because uh, like something, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this term. This is ridiculous. But it's when, nope, I can't remember. But it, it's it's they had a lot of really good throwbacks and. I'm surprised that the I'm surprised someone was able to remember all of it throughout the years, and I can't believe I'm blanking on a name. It's it's <laughs> it's like if someone uh, breaks through the whole. Nope, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna describe it. Whatever. I'm I'm upset. I'll figure it out when I'm done with this interview. Um, you also participate. Speaking of art challenges, which is a nice segue to forget that I completely forgot that word. <laughs> What is your process? Because like I was looking at uh, your most recent Monsters Go challenge. And Monsters Go, for a lot of people who don't know, Monsters Go is where kids draw a monster and then artists take on the challenge. And I think it said that it comes out every Friday? Yeah, every Friday. Artists take on the challenge to recreate the kids' drawing into a more professional-looking monster. And I adored uh, your pumpkin monster, and it was neat to scroll through the kids' version of the monster and seeing what I would do differently because I think that's what's so amazing about art is having all these different interpretations of what this character means and seeing that come from a kid's drawing is uh, remarkable and just a lot of fun. Um, what is your process when creating something for Monster Go? Monsters Go, that's it. So I always try to... Like, take the kids drawing the the things that they don't intend is what I try to focus on. Like, like that that last one I did with like the the, the red head. Um, I'm sure the kid intended to to draw like a a normal body with green stripes and have some shading in it. But it was on, you know, white paper, and he probably intended it to be a white body. But I just took the stripes themselves and make that his body, because um, that's what it looked like. So I'll, I'll, I'll take their unintentional things and try to make that the focus, just like the, like his eyes. I make the eyes like the the coloring on his head instead of his actual eyes and have his you know little beady eyes be in there and same with that mouth i think um i, I did it a little differently i think than he intended but just to keep their look on it yeah so I, that, that's what i try to do with with every one of those whenever i get a chance to do one of those they're really fun to, to do i can totally see that because I think when with, with the pumpkin, I think what the kid intended was there's like the spikes, and I think the spikes are the lower teeth. I think there's a mouth, and the spikes are coming out of the lower teeth, coming right. out of the mouth. But you made the spikes part of the mouth, and I was just like, that is 
And I know, <laughs> I know you can see what the kid's drawing, but to add it, to take a twist on it is kind of brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks. Um, and having having the pumpkins uh, all because I get for the people who are don't you know you should check out your Instagram. Your Instagram is uh, now you know now we're on the subject. We should advertise your stuff. <laughs> Uh, you can find you at, uh, I think you can use your name, Jake Fred, but it's also, our, what is your Instagram? Is it a, That's a question I can ask. <laughs> it's artist Jake Perez. And is that your name on all of the socials? No. Um, <laughs> on Instagram, I'm artist Jake Perez, uh, but on TikTok, I am Church of Robot is a church underscore of underscore robot but i think just searching church of robot will get you to me what that else? is a name that i've had for a great many years and i don't draw robots i just i i had it i think uh well not i think i i had made it to um make fun of scientology and i i had made this you know way back uh, when Flash websites were the thing, I had made this Flash website parody of Scientology, and I called it the Church of Robot. And I had made an email address for Church of Robot, and I've just I just kept it. I just kept that name, just in case anyone's asking where I, where that name comes from, because it is an odd name, I know. I appreciate it so much more now that I know that it's to mock Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going to your Instagram to be able to get your name to be able to advertise your social media, and I got to a uh, uh, mine mine on my mummy drawing. And what's interesting about this that I I want to bring up is the flex that you drew in the air that captured the light that's hitting the mummy. Sure. It's, amusing how many times because like i i've seen in movies movies a lot a lot of times lately ever since they've gotten more high depth will a lot of times put flex in the air to let you know that's real uh-huh. <laughs> one thing i think about is uh, uh onward onward is a disney movie and when you're in the kids room to show you that the lights are coming in it's morning time the big lights will come in from the window and you'll see like flecks of dust floating in the air to mm-hmm. let you know that this is the real world. In the real world, there's dust. <laughs> I, the Tyndall uh, effect, I believe it's called. The what effect? The Tyndall effect. Oh, no. There's a term that I didn't know about. What's the Tyndall effect? I gotta look this up. <laughs> well, you said Tyndall effect, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. What Can you describe the Tyndall effect? Um, this is uh, uh, Google's. Uh, the Tyndall effect is the phenomenon in which the particles in a, a colloid scatter the beams of light that are directed at them. Interesting. Okay. I learned about that in a uh, high school chemistry, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I see what the Tyndall effect is now. Okay, that is a new term that I'm going to use for the rest of my life. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, 
but I, I, I it's funny because like I, the reason why I bring it up is because uh, a lot of movies uh, lately, because of high definition, they use a lot. Uh, I, they use a lot with pollen, and I can't stand it. Uh, like my allergies, it's not real pollen, so I shouldn't really worry about. It, but every time I see the pollen floating around, I'm like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so when I saw that your mummy thing, I'm like, because I, I, it's weird because I'll, I'll do, I'll do drawings. And I'll add flecks of dirt in the air, and I'll be like, ah, oh, that does look better. It does look better. <laughs> Despite my <laughs> desire to never do it, because I don't like seeing things floating in the air. <laughs> um, so you do a lot of art challenges. Uh, I think the only ones I can think of that uh, off the top of my head are Drawloween and Mascot March, but you also do the Monsters Go. Is there any other art challenges that you've done? Uh, no. I used to do Inktober, but now I, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I did it once, and then when I found out that the person who does Inktober is not the coolest, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to be a marketing tool for Jake Parker. Yep. I'm glad you remember their name, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what random holiday, like Arbor Day, Flag Day, mm. etc., do you think that there should be an art challenge for? Yes, I... Uh... I thought about this one, um, and I think my answer will be an April Fool's Day challenge. So April Fool's, all day in April, but all the prompts are Christmas. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> I It's weird because on, on one hand, I'm just like, I kind of want to do that next year. I kind of <laughs> want to do that next year. But I also, we'll see, we'll see how I feel next year because a lot of times that, that time of the year, I'm celebrating uh, <laughs> Halloween, the halfway mark between. Uh, Ooh. So I don't know. We'll see how I feel. Yeah. We'll see how I feel. My, uh, my holiday is also in April. Um, I want to, because uh, April 19th, I believe it is, is Tim Curry's birthday. And I'm like, I want an art challenge just of Tim Curry throughout the month oh wow that's a that's a good idea that's quite a cast of characters to draw we'll see how i feel because uh <laughs> making it all christmas would be funny also making it just no that would be funny because like i was like well why don't we do the whole holiday throughout the, uh, every holiday during april but i think it's funnier <laughs> to pick one that's nowhere near april <laughs> <laughs> We'll see how I feel because if I can do, if I can figure out how to do Tim Curry all month long, I might make a prompt list. <laughs> oh, damn. Now it's even more potential because I could totally make a prompt list for everyone to participate and every day is another Tim Curry character. That is so feasible. Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, I, so do you, do you participate in a Hallowed Winter? I think it's called no. Hallowed make sure i might share that post with you because i think i'd like love to see what you come up with because the held winter is one that my uh my friends uh create and now instagram has not helped me out yeah held winter okay cool and that is uh let's see yeah 31 days throughout december um and nine prompts so it's not really every day is another prompt they give you the prompts on on uh, november 11th and then you have all 
all November to plan out what you're going to do just for those not for those nine days. And I really love having a art challenge that is not an everyday thing because sure. then I pace myself and enjoy the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Yeah, send me send me a a link or whatever. Yeah, I'll send it your way. I think you'd like it. <laughs> I didn't know that this interview was going to be like. Let's see. I advertise for Jack in the Box. Uh, I <laughs> for Captain Crunch. I think there's this is a whole this is a big commercial episode. <laughs> Good. Um, what? <clears throat> Sorry, I cleared my throat for this question. But what words of wisdom would you give to someone who is looking to draw, but uh, might be intimidated by uh, shading, by lighting, by making, because I, I feel like a lot of people, I even had a complaint this weekend saying that all my drawings seem flat. And I told them, look at Peanuts. Peanuts are flat. Those characters are still beloved by a lot of people love them. They adore them. But what would you say to someone who is intimidated by the process of using lighting and shading? Um... It's just like you said, look at other people. Look at what they're doing. People that you admire, check out what they're doing. Um, it'll take a lot of practice, uh, a lot of time. You have to you have to like want it. you have you have to be willing to put the time in to practice um, what you see other people doing in order to make it your own. Um, all, and like, you know, fundamentals, you, you, you can find those, you know, sphere, cone, cylinder, box, shading fundamentals. You can find that, you know, a million places online. It's super important to get those down to study those it's probably boring um but it's worth it it's worth it to then take that knowledge of a sphere and then say draw charlie brown's head and shade charlie brown's head like that sphere and it, it'll probably be night and day from where you started to where you go <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,